Welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your co-host, Thomas Dempsey. And I'm your co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And we are happy to be of you with us again. Uh, it's been a minute. Yes. Some stuff happened. Yes. Uh, we don't need to talk about it, I don't... Well, just suffice it to say, things happened and were uh, bad, but they happened and now is now. Okay. Uh, so if you, that's all we really need to do in terms of bringing everybody up to speed, uh, Elizabeth, you got anything you want to talk about before we get into it? Uh, No. All right, back right back into it. It's like we never left. Okay, so um, we've got a reading challenge to catch up on, but before that, Elizabeth, have you been reading anything else? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find our footing. But um, yeah, I'll talk about a bit about what I've been reading, which isn't to say a lot. Um, I have been reading some stuff, been catching up on the reading challenge that, uh, was assigned to me last time, and that's been most of it, but, uh, I did finish a book uh, a couple weeks back, and it's rather, actually rather, uh, fortuitous how it worked out, um, though, I guess you can't really call it fortuitous seeing as I picked the book, and I picked your reading assignment, so it's more like I just made a thing happen, but in any event, um, I had assigned for Elizabeth a reading challenge pertaining to library books, yes. and the book I finished reading was The Library Book by Susan Orlean. This okay. is a book I've had on my shelf for a good long while now. It's a really pretty hardback, uh, embossed cover, like right on the, um, right on the it's jacketless, so it's like right on the hardback okay. is where all the art design is. So it's a really nice sort of object as well. You know how much I love, you know, I guess <laughs> just buying books in and of themselves as opposed to, like, I don't know. We if I own a thing, like I like things. it to be something I don't mind owning. <laughs> we yeah. all know how much you like pretty things. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm total... Uh, thing. You like uh, a magpie. A sorry? Sorry? Isn't that, isn't that the bird? A magpie that likes shiny things? Magpie, yeah, that's a much more flattering word than I was trying to think <laughs> of. Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, the uh, library book by Susan Orlean. Uh, Orlean's a non-fiction writer who most people probably know as the author of The Orchid Thief, which was adapted into a film called Adaptation. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of her more, more recent books. It came out, I think, a handful of years ago. And uh, it sort of takes as its hook the library fire in uh, the Los Angeles li main library in, like, 1986, I want to say. Uh-huh. It was the largest uh, library fire in American history. And uh, sort of re revolving around the event itself, the fallout, the ensuing arson investigation and trial and what have you but the lion's share of the book is really just an exploration of american library history and uh uh practice mm -hmm. so 
uh, Orleans spends a lot of time like at the library itself following around various workers sort of reporting on the various offices that comprise the library the functions it serves in the community and uh, so that's where I like I think a lot of the more uh, engaging materials is at mm-hmm uh, just from like a civic perspective learning how all this stuff comes together okay and uh, that's really what I enjoyed most about it the uh, the of the sort of inciting incident of the library fire is interesting on its face but I feel like it's given the nature of the narrative it does sort of peter out mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the story and sort of give way to like more uh, broad themes that uh, Orlean's interested in exploring mm-hmm. but uh, yeah on the whole I really enjoyed the book uh, I think it's an easy recommend on a recent episode of uh, Reading Glasses they were talking about what they called Swiss Army books, which are the kinds of books you could recommend to basically anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is a good one for that. The chapters are fairly brisk. Uh, she's sort of bouncing around between different topics, so you're never really having to hunker down on one thing for too long, mm-hmm. risk getting bored. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I really liked it. Good. And uh, that was the one book I completed during this last period uh suffice it to say we'll be discussing that more later on but for the time being elizabeth why don't you tell us what you've been up to okay so if you include the book that um i read for the challenge i read 13 books since the last time we recorded sounds good and obviously i'm going to talk about the book that i read for my challenge um but i want to talk about i think I want to talk about the book that I liked the least. Yes. And the book that I liked the most aside from the book I read for my challenge. Cool. All right. Um, so let's, let's get into that trash then. Yeah. So, okay. So we're starting off with the, with the trash. Um, so the book that I liked the least out of the 13 that I've read is called Born to be Bound by Addison Kane. Um, and it's oh part gosh, of a series. That sounds, huh? That name sounds so familiar. Uh, you keep talking. I need to look something up. Okay. So, th- this book is the first in a series um, that I will not be continuing. Uh, the book takes place in a Omegaverse dystopia. Um, people no longer live like you and I live. Uh, they live in biodomes. And... Yeah. Depending on where you are in the caste system, not necessarily like omegas are at the bottom and alphas are at the top, but in terms of like your actual socioeconomic status, depends on what level you live um, in the biodome. So anyway, where the book starts, like stuff has gone down. The the government has been toppled um, by... A man who calls himself Shepherd, uh, because yes. the prison system is actually underneath the biodome, and it's called the Undercroft. Um, right. So Shepherd broke out from the Undercroft and took over the government, and just basically is like letting his followers run rampant. Um, and like I said, this is a this is an Omega Verse book 
So, yeah, it's it's wolf porn. It's what? I said it's wolf porn. Well, yeah, but they're like they're not exactly wolves. Like there's no right. there's no indication that there is shape shifting that happens. But okay. you talk but like they talk a lot about purring and growling and stuff like that and bite they're right. biting and but they never actually explicitly say we are wolf shifters. Okay. Um so anyway, the the main character whose name I can't even remember now, I think it's Claire. Actually, it is Claire. Um she is part of a pack of omegas who have sequestered themselves away from society because they want more for themselves. They don't want to just be claimed by an alpha. So, okay. um, you know, they want to have, like, real lives. So she has been taking these drugs. Uh, and all of this happens in the first chapter, so this is not a spoiler. All of this hap- uh She takes these drugs, which are heat suppressants, so that she won't go into her heat. And she goes to the capital to ask for food um, for her group of omegas. Well... She ends up going into her heat right there in the capital, surrounded by alphas, and Shepard kills all of them and takes her. Ah. And then keeps her captive. And then a whole bunch of sketchy stuff happens after that. Right. And, and I mean, you know, in the description of the book, when I started reading the book, and then I was like, and I was just like, what? And I went back and read the, you know, about this book description. Um, It does say, like... These are some triggers. This is what the book is about. If this makes you uncomfortable, you may not want to read it. So, I mean, the author does, you know, at least tries to um, prepare the reader about, you know, this. if this is what you're into, you'll like it. If you're not into okay. this, you probably won't. And I did not. Right. Okay. Um, so that was my least favorite book. And then my right, most... Well- Go ahead. Well, I'm going to catch you real quick. I did look it up, and it was what I thought of. The Addison Kane you referenced? Uh-huh. Apparently, she was the, uh, I guess, what's the person who starts a lawsuit? The plaintiff? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, I believe she was the plaintiff in a uh, trademark lawsuit around another Omegaverse author. And, yeah, apparently, like, it got, like, to be this huge sort of protracted court battle Uh that, uh, if anybody's interested in, um, looking it up, you can just Google search, um, uh, Into the Omegaverse, How a Fanfic Trope Landed in Federal Court. And, uh, that's, uh, sort of gets into the nitty-gritty of it. And, um, it's actually... Also kind of funny because um, the video was produced by... Do you know Lindsay Ellis? No. Uh, she was a nostalgia chick? Mm-hmm. That video essayist? Nostalgia All right, well, she chick? Does, yeah, uh, I've shown you a couple of her older videos. She did, like, some stuff about uh, Disney movies. Okay. All right, yeah. Well, um, she did a, like, an hour-long breakdown of the court case. And then, like, uh, two months after that, posted a follow-up video wherein Addison's Kane, Addison Kane and her legal representation uh, filed a cease and desist against her. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so it just got to be this whole, like, convoluted thing. But uh, it's definitely, it sounds like it would be more interesting to look into than the actual, than based on what you've said, the book itself. Yeah. 
So yeah. So yeah. So that 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 title that you gave is that the title to an article or to a book? It's a YouTube video. A YouTube video. Okay. Yeah. So and it was uh, how yeah. a fan. How a fanfic trope landed in federal court. It's okay. a, a trademark uh, case over the nature of um, fan fiction and quote-unquote uh, Omegaverse uh-huh. uh, storytelling. Essentially, uh, like it just came down to like who was claiming ownership of what. Okay. So, yeah, it uh, got to be this whole thing, and the videos that I uh, just referenced sort of go into depth about it. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, definitely, I think, uh, worth people's time looking into if they've, uh, got the predilection. But in any case, uh, did you want to, yes. If you wanted to talk about the, uh, other book you read now. Yeah. So the book, the book that was my favorite besides the one that I read for my challenge, um, what is also the first book in a series Um, And it is by Tiffany Roberts, and it is called Ensnared, and it is uh, the first book in A Spider's Spider's Mate series. Um, Okay. So, y'all may remember, I guess, the last episode where I talked about the book uh, about the Naga, the the romance book with the Naga, and, and all that. Well, this is a similar trope, except instead of snake people, these are spider people. Okay. And here's why it's my favorite. Not necessarily because of, like, the actual romantic scenes, but because I feel like this book does a really, really good job of exploring the differences between humans and this alien race that, you know, the, the human protagonist ends up falling for. Right. So, um, basically, the girl whose name I can't... What was her name? It's Ava, I think. E- Ivy? Uh-huh. Something like that. Uh, I'm, let's say Ivy. Um, she was part of a ship that was on its way to another planet to start colonizing it. Right. And her ship crashes. Oh, okay. And, but that's not where the book starts. The book starts with the spider guy. And, um, and he is, you know, it just, it explores like, this is how their society works. Again, there has been some government unrest on his world, um, because it's a matriarchal society and the current queen that is in power is not, uh, is not particularly giving to her people. She's quite selfish um, she is starving her people, and uh, the spider protagonist, I think his name is Kalen or Keelan or something. He, it's yeah. been a little bit, it's been a minute since I read this one. Um, he's got a problem with that, obviously, because he's the best hunter that the, the that this society has. Okay. And he's just like, well, I'm out here working, and you're not giving the fruits of my labor to the people like you're supposed to be. Um, and it doesn't help that the queen wants him as her mate. Uh. And he's like, not interested, like not even a little bit. Um, so anyway, Keelan, uh, he goes, he, he falls into the hole where the ship is 
um, because he's he's hunting. So he falls into the, the hole and then he gets to the bottom and he's like, well, I'm down here. I might as well explore some. So that's where he finds the ship and that's where he finds like the cryopod where Ivy is and he accidentally opens it and gets her out and takes her home. Okay. Um, but the now, book... Who's, it- is the book told from his or both perspectives? Both perspectives. Obviously, okay. like, the first probably quarter of the book is solely from his perspective because yeah. she's not awake yet. Okay. Um, but I just, I really like this book because I felt like the author did such a good job of not only, like, really going into the different, like, the societal differences um, between the species, but she also covers what I think a lot of authors kind of gloss over, which is, like, there's a language barrier. So you've got Keelan and Ivy. They can't speak each other's languages, so they've got to let learn how to communicate somehow. Um, and so they do, and, like, she just takes you through that whole process of, like, the two of them learning each other's languages, of Ivy, like, learning how to adapt and, like, him teaching her the tools of his planet so that she can fulfill her basic needs, like eating and bathing and and all that good stuff so okay that was why this book was my favorite all right well, i'm glad and, you liked and it the ne- and the and book two doesn't come out till like december so oh, okay so this is like a, fr- a new series yeah so like i finished it and i was like oh cool i'm gonna go read book two and it's not out yet yeah I feel like you're you sort of have a tendency to like pick up on stuff that's already like seven volumes deep. Yeah, I do. So I was really surprised when I was like, "Oh, this okay. I'm gonna have right. to wait." All right. Well, I'm glad you got something to look forward to then. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that uh, covers much of what we've read uh, in the intervening time. Uh, I think we're gonna take a break now, and when we get back. We'll be talking about what Elizabeth had to do for her reading challenge. Yep. All right. See you in a minute. And we are back from our break. We hope your we hope it was as good for you as it was for us. And when who's back? We're back. And who are we? We're Thomas and Elizabeth. In what context? Oh. Welcome back to the Your Words Against Mine competitive reading podcast between siblings. All right. We got there. Yeah. All right. So did you want to tell, talk about your, uh, uh, you, you had some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, first, did you want to remind our listeners about what my challenge was? Okay. Well, yeah, that's sure. Um, well, real quick, Elizabeth is a library monster. And had a bunch of debt, so uh, my um, challenge to her was to read one of the library books that she had checked out and to return it and any other library books she could find to the library. So, Elizabeth, yeah, did you do that? Well, I read the book, but I haven't taken it back to the library yet. Okay. Does that, does that fulfill the challenge? Uh, I'm going to say no. But, um, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say okay. yes, uh, that it does fulfill the challenge, but you got to get those books back, girl. I'm, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to get them back. Okay. All right. I because, promise. And we'll talk, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but, okay. uh, yeah, if you, um, you want to talk about the book now? Yeah, so the book that I read um, was a book that I checked out, I don't even know how long ago, 
Um, and it was Celeste Ung's uh, Everything I Never Told You. Okay. And I have a lot to say about this book. Not about, not only about like what actually happened in the book, but like the way the book made me feel. Um, a moment of nostalgia that I had while reading the book. I, th this book's, I got a lot. Um, so I guess first of all, the actual book of Everything I Never Told You is about, um, the Lee family who lives in Ohio, uh, their middle child, Lydia, um, is dead. And the book opens, that's the very first sentence. Lydia Lee is dead, but nobody knows it yet. Um, okay. And so she's dead and nobody knows it yet. And Celeste Ung just does a really beautiful job of uh, portraying grief and the book is told in a revolving timeline um so one chapter will be about how the family is dealing with having lost a child and, and a sibling um and then the next chapter will be you know about the parents when they first met or it'll be about when lydia was a little girl with her siblings or it'll be about some just just like some some family drama that you know will be applicable later in the book um so anyway, the, the book was just, it was a really beautiful tale and it resonated a lot with me because, you know, uh, Thomas mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we had to take a break, um, and we had to take a break because we had a, we had a death, um, of a very close family, family member in our family. Um, so yeah, I think that's a big reason why the book just resonated a lot was having gone through you know having or still currently in the process of grieving and then reading about other people's grief it it right. in a way it's comforting in a way you're like am i doing it wrong in a way you're like no i'm doing it a lot better than these imaginary people um hmm. so so yeah and yeah. also uh because I feel like, you know, whenever there's a problem, you might hear the phrase, like, you've got to circle the wagons. Yeah. And sometimes to describe families, like, at least me and my husband will say, um, well, they circle the rat, they circle the wagons when there's a problem, but then they start shooting at each other. And uh, I very much feel like that's what the Lee family does. At okay. least initially. Or at least, you sure. know, in like the, in the, month or two after Lydia has passed away. Um, right. They circle the wagons, but then they start shooting inward. Yeah. And so it's just kind of, you know, they're, they're not, I guess instead of like taking turns, like, you know, doing the mourning and then the, the yeah. family members supporting you instead of doing yeah. that, kind of where you know there's like a balance of like everybody's gonna get their time to like be sad and be hysterical and like you know do and do things out of character um and you've got your other family members to kind of like be there with you instead of that happening it's a it's like 
It's like they all just go. It's like the ship's going down. Yeah. There's fire on the water. Oh. Um. So I mean, the kind of the one that's got it the most together would be like the ten-year-old sister. Right. And that's because she's ten. She's also yeah. the youngest, and like she's like six years younger than Lydia was. So I think she was kind of like a whoops, baby. Um, okay. So she's a lot more like. She observes a lot. She's a lot more quiet. She knows. She's kind of the behind. She's kind of the stage director for the family okay. because you know she can see what's go. She can see what's happening even if her parents and her older brother can't. Yeah. And she's just always done that. So there was that part of it. The other yeah. part of it, and I know that this is a big conversation these days, at least in our state, it is. Um, is the issue of critical race theory. And I feel like this book does a... I feel like Celeste Ong, obviously, uh, she is Asian-American. And I feel in the the main characters... Or this is a Chinese-American family. Um, James, the father, he is Chinese, but he was born in this country, but his parents were immigrants. And then his wife, um, Marilyn, she is a white woman who was raised in basically a single parent household. Um, And so I just feel like the book does a super fantastic job of really like going into how, you know, the issues of race have really helped have formed certain aspects of James's personality and and like certain ways of James's thinking. And that this is why he parents the way he parents. Okay. And I just think it's like super important for for that to be a lens, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or it's research, um, because like me, for example, you know, the story in like the second or third chapter, it told the story of how James's parents came to America and it was, you know, the United States like didn't want too many Asian people coming into the country so they said if you're asian you cannot immigrate over here unless your family is already over here unless you are the child of an immigrant who's already here then you can come over so to get around that you had all of these people who would like go to china quote unquote get married and have kids and come back and then okay. after so many and then you basically had like a ticket saying because you could claim you could just change your name and be like oh well my dad lives there and so you could come over so you had a ticket to america because you supposedly because your dad was supposedly over here okay huh yeah that's uh that's that, that's a real important history to learn about and that was something that i didn't know i mean i'm you know i'm in my right. mid, you know early to mid 30s and i didn't know that that was a thing Right. Yeah. Or like when James and Marilyn get married and, you know, they're getting married in the 50s. And in a lot of states, a lot of states, uh, interracial marriages was still, were still illegal. Yeah. And, you know, so she does like bring up the Lovings um, in Virginia. Who? Yes. That's, they're kind of the face of the uh, legalizing interracial marriage issue. Um, but like, that was something else that I didn't, 
I don't know, like, that's something that I didn't think about, like, in a work of fiction of, like, this is the 1950s, and if you fell in love with somebody who was, who didn't look like you, it might not be legal to marry them. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, this is getting really heavy. Sorry. <laughs> no, it you're was fine. a heavy it's book. It's important to talk about. I just we uh I don't know if we've if we've really like grappled with this sort of uh like subject matter yet on the show, so we're still sort of learning as we go. Mm-hmm. Like like the way to like give voice to thoughts and uh feelings about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that sounds really like really good book. I um I know I know of Celeste Ng. I feel like I might have tried to read one of her more recent books, uh, or short story collections, but I could be mistaken. Is it Ng or Ung? I I, I pronounced it Ng because I believe that's how it's spelled, like I N G. Oh no, it's just N G. N G. Oh, okay. Yeah, it could. It then it's probably Ung then. Yeah, so that sounds really good. And I'm, you said that was your favorite thing you read. That was uh, my hands down absolute favorite thing that I read. Well, I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad you finally got a chance to read it. Me too. And I, and like yeah. I said earlier, I had a moment of nostalgia. Do you remember when we were little and, like, we would want to watch TV and Daddy would be like, no, you can't watch TV because I'm watching the Braves game, but he's laying on the oh. couch reading a book? Oh, sure. Do you remember that? Okay. Yes. When I was reading this, that happened to me. Like Awesome. Like like Brian had already gone to bed and I'm laying on the couch reading this book, but I'm also like watching a Braves game out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. And I'm laying there on the couch and I'm just like Oh my gosh, this is like I grew up watching this. I grew up seeing this, like not every night, but like a good like a lot. Like during baseball season sure. at least. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It's a nice little memory. All right. Well, if we've uh, gotten all of our reading uh, out there, did you want to talk uh, word totals? Okay. All right. Now this is uh, this may get a bit uh, harried as we go into some uh, stuff we've been discussing, but for the moment we'll just go ahead and uh, talk about it. Um, like I said, I only read the one book. I only finished the one book uh, in the in, in the intervening weeks. Um, the Library Book by Susan Orlean, with a word total of 88,192 words, brings my reading total up to 2,457,416 words. Okay, and like I mentioned okay. earlier, um, I read 13 books. Yes. So, in the intervening time, my word count, or since recording our last episode, my word count is, I've read uh, 960,318 words. Okay. Which brings my word total up to 5,108,636 words. All right. Well, you've lapped me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that uh, might change in a moment. Um, Elizabeth, did you want to talk about the uh, wrinkle we discussed with regards to uh, your word total? Yes. So, um, basically, in an in an effort to kind of even the playing field. Uh, hey, Thomas- hey, 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 hey! <laughs> Get 
let's not make this sound like a plea for help. It was this was a suggestion. <laughs> okay. Right. Would would you like to explain it then? Because I mean, technically, it was your idea. Okay. Well, fair enough. Okay. Well. <laughs> In assigning the challenge after recording the episode, uh, an idea I floated past Elizabeth uh, was that since her uh, library fees were sort of a, 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 a topic of discussion, that um, we might be able to incorporate them in our competition. And I suggested to her that if she was so inclined, I'd be willing to pay off her uh, library debt in exchange for an equivalent reduction in her word total. So, uh, what I basically had in mind is, um, how much did you say you owe in library debt? It's like 250 bucks. 250 bucks, okay. Well, I would pay that off, and in exchange, uh, let's say, uh, a thousand words per dollar. So, if you were in a, if you wanted to in exchange for paying off your debt you would take off 250,000 words from your word total mm-hmm does that sound fair that sounds fair okay so did you want to run those numbers now or did you want to wait until uh, we got the whole transaction uh, completed I'll go ahead and run them now so you said it was uh, 250,000 well uh, yeah a thousand dollars a thousand words per dollar so whatever your library uh, fine is times a thousand. Okay, so 250 times 1,000. That's 250,000. Uh, okay. All right, so let's just say, you know, let's just say the round number, my library fines 250 bucks. Um, that would bring my word total down to Four million eight hundred fifty-eight thousand six hundred sixty-three. I'm breathing down your neck. <laughs> and uh, but we can go into matter. more accurate totals uh, for our next episode. Yeah, sure. And uh, not helping matters is another bit of business I need to bring up. Uh, Elizabeth, you may recall earlier in this year you assigned me a reading challenge mm -hmm. uh, to use the um, serial reading app to complete a book. Mm -hmm. And for that challenge, I selected uh, Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, mm -hmm. which, within the serial reading app, would require 159 days to read. Mm -hmm. Well, in the interim, the 159th day has come and gone, and I have failed to complete the book. Oh, no. So, I am just going to take a stand here and say that the Anna Karenina reading challenge has been failed. Its word total will not be factored into this competition. I am still going to finish it just for the sake of my own sort of reading goals. But uh, that, and honestly, I feel like figuring the word total for that book would be more trouble than it's worth at this point because mm -hmm. apparently Serial is using a very, well not obscure, obscure but like one of the less renowned translations mm -hmm. and the less readily available translations so what I would want to want to have done is track down the book in uh, physical form and then factor out the word total from that mm -hmm. but since I can't find a uh, translation of it 
in book form, then I'm just having to, then I would have to like go with some other means. So that's not why I didn't finish it. It's just the sort of thing where you miss a day and then you miss two days and then you miss a week and then you catch up on a few and then you like fall back again. So it's just like a whole ebb and flow of like reading surplus that needs doing and uh, just never got around to finishing it in time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I am enjoying it. I will probably talk about it when I do get around to finishing it. But okay. uh, for the purposes of this competition, that challenge is in the books. Alrighty. Well, All right. but, that kind of, uh, I guess that kind of evens us out because I failed a challenge and you now you have failed a challenge. It, I mean, you, you're still counting uh, that library book you read in your word total. No, no, no. I mean the very first one where with the... Oh, uh, right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, we are still in those standings uh, tied up. So that's mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah. But anyway, uh, as far as the last word on challenges for this week goes, would you like to hear about uh, your new one? Yes, please. Okay, well, uh, as you know, we've been doing this for over half a year. That's six months. And in commemoration of that six months, I am setting this challenge for you. And it's also rather apropos, given the fact that I just failed to read an exceedingly long book within a specific time limit. Because I am assigning you to read a book over 600 pages. Ooh, okay. And you can pick whatever book you want, it just... The, it has. To, I presume it has to be like a physical copy, and it mm-hmm. has to be over 600 pages in whatever form you get it. Okay. So it could be like a little um, mass market paperback. It could be like a full-on hardbound, whatever. But uh, to give readers a uh, or listeners a frame of reference, the edition of Game of Thrones that I read a month or so back was, I think, about 650 pages in the edition that I wound up tracking down. Mm-hmm. So it, it'd be of, of an equivalent length. Okie but dokie. yeah, so that's that's what you got to look forward to. Okay. And uh, not 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 for nothing, but that's probably behoove you to get it tracked down fast because I know, speaking personally, when it comes to doing these challenges, I don't really make any headway until like past the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this might be the sort of thing that would lend itself to leaving yourself a lot of time to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I think hap- that's basically. Yep. I was going to just say I happily accept the challenge. I'm happy to hear it, and <laughs> uh, that basically takes pl- takes care of all the uh, all the new business, all the old business. Uh, this has been certainly a much more fleet and uh sort of finding our footing episode i think we are mm-hmm. gonna go get back to getting these out to you every couple weeks and uh i think even allowing for the uh extended time between episodes we'll be able to keep on like a nice round uh total by the end of year mm-hmm. so we look forward to seeing you again and until next time elizabeth do you want to let them know where they can find us yeah um so you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at your words podcast and you can also find our website at your yeah and uh one 
thing I wanted to uh, give a hat tip to in terms of like web access. Our podcast, Your Words Against Mine, is available for following and download at uh, rss.com. So if you want to just look for uh, Your Words Against Mine on that site, you'll be able to subscribe to an RSS feed and uh, follow us week to week. And you'll show up in our analytics and uh, be all the more engaged through there. Like uh, Elizabeth said, you can find us on Twitter. I'm sort of the... Uh, premier or the um, I'm sort of the go-to uh, Twitter update uh, person on this project so if you want to like see what we're posting or what we're up to you can do that and uh, yeah we look forward to everything that's ahead of us mm-hmm. all right well Elizabeth uh, thank uh, for us sort of going on about this as we have been we are in good standing for our long and storied tradition of awkward goodbyes. <laughs>